Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And whoo boy, uh, we're back at season 15, the final season of Criminal Minds. Uh, it's, it's been a run. And we've already done these episodes for the show, so you've heard it, maybe have heard us talk about them already. It's possible you were listening to us do all of it in order so you didn't uh, listen to our final season breakdown. I don't tell you how to listen to the show. That's not my job. I'm just I'm just making it. It's up to you how you want to engage. But the point is, we're here for reals this time. We are watching the last ten episodes of Criminal Minds. And uh, they're not a lot better the second time. <laughs> I think that's the nicest thing I can say about them. Not a ton better the second time. Uh, seriously, though, we are here. It's going to be a ride. Buckle up. Do you have a synopsis of the first episode, please? Oh, yeah. When mutilated bodies appear in the Washington metropolitan area, Rossi becomes convinced they are the work of Everett Lynch, otherwise known as the Chameleon, the serial killer who nearly killed him and then disappeared. Meanwhile, Reed and JJ struggle in dealing with an awkward situation. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. We all remember how mad we were about that part and how happy with how they resolved. I'm not going to pretend I don't know what they're talking about there. Uh, but yes, it's it's crazy watching the 14 and 15 back to back. Right? Like yeah. literally watching the last episode of 14 and then immediately watching the first episode of 15 being like, yeah, there is no question that at the end of season 14, they wanted to get the two of them together and the yeah. backpedal on that is so like so abrupt and so fast and for an audience who cares about these characters so satisfying yes we were so happy and <laughs> i gotta say we'll talk about it more in the second episode but it's like yeah. I, I appreciated the rev uh the the reversal and the wind up more this time than I did the first time. And I'll talk about why when we get to the second episode. But let's yeah. talk about how this is among the the laziest and most poorly written episodes of Criminal Minds <laughs> you've ever seen. This is a <laughs> terrible episode. Like, there is, I mean, and I, I just, I, I know, I know, I know. I mean, like, there is no reason on earth to suspect that Everett Lynch has anything to do with to this do with there's no yeah. reason i know it's just like like this what? comes from nowhere rosie's convinced it's the work of everett lynch why and there why you know and that's all you can think of like why do you think that you have no reason to think that it's a completely different M.O. Men are having their torso skin removed. It's like, yeah. if this was the only time in the history of the BAU you'd ever encountered anyone who took people's skin off, okay, maybe you could say, well, only one person in the history of crime has ever removed people's skin, so it's probably the same guy. But it isn't. But it isn't. So, huh? No, yeah, like, I mean, Rossi has no reason to suspect this has anything to do with the face-off killer, right? No. Zero reason to think, but he is 100% sure, and based on nothing. So just to be clear, he tears off a different kind of skin, kills them differently, uh, is killing men instead of women, is operating in a completely different part of the country. And yet, David Rossi's like, nope, this is definitely the work of the face-off killer. <laughs> Despite having literally no similarity to the work of the face-off killer. Other than skin is being removed. And what makes it terrible is that he's right. Like, that's what makes it the worst episode. Well, yeah, because... Well, as we all know, David Rossi can't be wrong. Oh, no, no, they would never question David Rossi. No. And so never. Emily gets to apologize. I know. But, I mean, the thing... Oh, God. Well, that scene. 
the scene where Emily has to apologize to him because his crazy guesswork yeah. is is right is insane. And you know what the crazy part, like the really ridiculous part is, <laughs> crazy part what? I know, I know. There's there's a thousand terrible parts in this episode. I know, I know, I know. But. One of the things that I find the craziest thing in this entire episode, and again, there's a lot, uh-huh. is he has spent six months, right? Six months working okay. on tracking uh, down Everett Lynch. And theoretically, I'd assume, you know, a key element of tracking down Everett Lynch would be finding out everything he can about Everett Lynch. Why uh-huh. isn't his argument, right? That uh-huh. this could be Everett Lynch. The when someone says there's uh there's no connection to Everett Lynch. He's never worked in this part of the country. Why doesn't David Rossi at the start saying, Well, he and his mother did live here when he was eleven, so maybe he has a connection to this part of town. But the problem is, if David Rossi says that, it means he's looked into uh, Everett Lynch and found out. So when, you know, the first thing they would do is go and talk to her fiancé from when they lived in Washington, D.C. or Virginia or whatever, and then, oh, well, that guy is, you know, the the coroner who has inserted himself... That was loud. Uh, the coroner who's inserted himself in the case. This is suspicious, but yeah. they don't do that! Well, no, Rossi clearly hasn't done that, so... What is yeah, he been no. doing for six months if he has no idea until this day that the Everett Lynch lived in, uh, you know, uh, Washington, well, no, Virginia, lived in Virginia, in Frederick, Virginia, briefly, or wherever, and his mother was conning and engaged to some scumbag. Like, mm-hmm. how is he only just finding out about this now? Well, because... It needed to be a surprise, I know, I know. No, 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 no. What I was, what I, I know, I was going to say, because not even David Rossi knows how to do research properly. <laughs> You're right. It's a white, it's a one man squad, and he's never done research in his life. He's always had Garcia to do the research for him, or whoever had that job before Garcia when he was working back at the, uh, when he was yeah. founding the BAU. He always had someone to do the work for him. <laughs> Oh, God, David Rossi, you're the worst. But it's like, it's so frustrating to watch because he has literally, literally no reason to suspect that Everett Lynch could conceivably be involved in this crimes. And it's insulting to the audience that Everett Lynch is responsible for these crimes. (laughs) Only, only, only at it. At a distance. Well, no, at a distance. But it's like, the idea is he came to him and was like, hey, I know I you need like a lawyer. fantasizing about, you, I know you like fantasizing about uh, killing men and taking their skin. And again, I guess he just knew that. Let's gloss over that. And I need to pr- replace a prominent lawyer to spring my daughter from jail. So let's, you know. Two Let's great quid pro. taste grace together. Yes, quid pro quo. Strangers on a train, this bad boy. Well, not really strangers yeah. on a train, but yeah, quid pro quo, this bad boy. And you know, we'll we'll each get what we want. <laughs> and again, that's what we're expected to believe happened. And we have no re like. It's just it feels like it couldn't have happened the way they said it. Nothing about <laughs> this episode makes sense. Like nothing about anything that happens this week makes a lick of damn sense. Especially the scene where, like, um, uh, Emily wants him to go check out uh, Everett, Lin- um, the 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 daughter and the new lawyer, right? Yeah. Wants him to go check out the daughter and the new lawyer. And he's like, but I've found out. And she's like, I don't need to hear about this right now, David. You've got to go focus on the daughter. And I'm like, how many seconds would it take to say... By the way, uh, Everett Lynch's mother was engaged to the doctor who inserted himself in the investigation. How long would that... It would have taken as long as I took to just say it. Yeah. You know? But he doesn't tell them! Like, he knows 
that they're going to raid the wrong house. He could have sent them to go and arrest the doctor. But he lets a SWAT team go and, uh, you know, attack the wrong house. For what reason? So David could do it. Well, yeah, I guess. Because he's, cause, cause he's a prima donna. Oh, God. And I mean, he wants all the stuff. But he's like, there's no reason not to glory. tell them. But yeah, I mean, I, I know that's why it is. But it's like, then they've got to apologize to David. But he's the one who screwed it up. He's the one who didn't share the information with the rest of the team. That doctor could have been rescued without incident. Without, you know, this tackling and blah, 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 blah. And you say, well, then he wouldn't have found out about the the Everett Lich connection. I'm like, well, the doctor might have given it up immediately. But B, he wouldn't have had to find out about the Everett Lynch connection from the doctor. Because you would have been standing in the police, in the Justice Department, when Everett Lynch walked in unarmed. And you would have immediately recognized him. And he would have been under arrest. So every FBI agent, and I know I'm repeating myself, but it's true. Every, sorry, Justice Department person, I don't know if they're marshals or FBI or, you know, state cops. But the point is, every one of them who gets killed, it's entirely on David Rossi for not being there the way he was ordered to be there. JJ gets shot and almost killed, and like four people do get killed. I mean, not counting all the people who get killed because she escapes. Well, I guess that's just two more, but still. Well, and her. Uh, uh, but anyway, all the people get killed because she escapes. All of that happens because David Rossi disobeyed orders. Like, directly, that's the reason all of that happens. And yet, not only is he not held to task for this screw-up, they apologize to him for not believing him. It's It's insane. Like, this episode is... As badly written an episode of Criminal Minds as there has been. And again, that's saying a lot, because there's some terrible episodes of Criminal Minds. <laughs> Sorry I got so mad about this. I just I yeah. hate this episode so much. Oh, it's so... It's bad. Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, I'm sitting here going, yeah, I did watch this a second time. I honestly know I watched this a second time. It wasn't any better than it was the first time. And it was so weird. Yeah. Just so... It, it Right from the beginning, like you watch and you watch Emily being the type of person because, of course, she's going to... They're going to want her to head up the FBI. I know. I know, you know, so now she has to behave like maybe she's going to, even though she doesn't know about it yet. No, but they have to pre-set up the character. Yeah, and they've started that. The character doesn't know about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and none of it's convincing, and it's so abrupt. Yep. The writing is so bad. Yeah, it's Uh, not a good episode in any front. No, it's not. And even the Reed and JJ thing is. Well, we'll talk about the Reed and JJ thing. I mean, the first half. Because the next, yeah. yeah, The 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 first half is where that really comes in. It's just them being awkward and her not talking to him. So it's not really anything. Yeah, and no, there's nothing there. And then, of course, we have to get to the end of this. Then it it didn't play any better than it did the last time. And I'm certain that we, we both, we made the whole statement. First of all, um, you know, Reed and JJ. Not only do they not wait for backup, but they yeah. they separate, yeah, which is stupid. You know, it 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 felt just as stupid this time as it mm-hmm. did the last time. Uh, and JJ going over and bending over to, to pick, pick up, up the gun before ne- she has secured the people. People, yeah. What I mean, what's wrong with this woman? Well, they had to have her get shot, right? I know, so, I know. but I mean, but that's the whole point. The whole point is they had to have her get shot so she goes to, so she does something stupid. Yeah. So they and they can't think of a sane reason for her to get shot. For example, her capturing Everett Lynch and the daughter just sneaking up on her and shooting her. Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't have been stupid. I mean, it would have been stupid to split up, but you know, there weren't a lot of you there. There were a lot of exits to cover. For no discernible reason, the Washington, D.C. cops didn't bother showing up. Although, in my headcanon, uh, it's because I like to imagine that um, the the BAU 
treated the DC cops so terribly and were so insulting them, uh, so busy insulting <laughs> them during the, the machete rampage that when the BAU called them for help, they're like, oh, well, they're the BAU. I'm sure they can handle it on their own. <laughs> Made a jerk off motion with their hands. Yeah, we'll be right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stick the elbow up in the air. Exactly. Like, I know. No, yeah, yeah. Up yours, the BAU. So that's what yeah. we imagine happened. I mean, the answer yeah, is it's terrible, unrealistic writing, but that's what we imagine happened. You know, I mean, it was just Well, especially stupid. because I don't understand. How is it that, like, JJ and Reed, who were in Quantico when they got the call about this... Yeah. Got uh, there right, so fast. Got there so fast, but the <laughs> hostage rescue team, which is closer... Like, the FBI's SWAT, HRT, was closer and don't get there at all. Like, have they burned a lot of bridges? Also, and I can't stress this part enough, um, look at a map. It would take, like, they get there before David Rossi does. It would take, I looked at a map, Frederick, Virginia, to the <laughs> Justice Center, right? And the problem with the the timing of the episode is they want us to believe that, like, they're racing there during the shooting rampage. But the problem is the shooting rampage lasts all of four minutes and it takes nearly an hour. I mean, if you're speeding, you got sirens, you know, 35 minutes to get to where, uh, to get to the justice building. So that means that they know that he was pretending to be the lawyer. I mean, long before he got to the, the room with his daughter. So they could have just called them and told them, by the way, there's a murderer in the building arrest him you know he had to go through metal detectors so he can't possibly have a gun so go arrest him and again i know i said this last time but you don't lock up your gun right outside the interview room you lock up your gun when you enter the building and the gun locker is guarded by people with guns to prevent this exact thing from happening like the idea that people are being escorted around rooms by people with guns, like criminals are being escorted around rooms by people with guns, that just doesn't happen. Because, again, what is stopping Grace from just clubbing this woman over the head and taking her gun? Nothing. You know, you don't need him to pull this whole stab her with a pen, get the thing. Like, if Grace was just a little better at fighting, she could have just taken the gun away from this woman without any trouble at all. So... Yeah, like, this is not how these things operate. No, Everett Lynch's plan could have never worked in real life. It's a terrible episode. Now I have two questions for you. Okay. Question one. Uh, uh, this is question one. <clears throat> did, uh, did the other coroner survive? That's unclear. Yeah, so it's completely unclear, right? Yes. Okay, good. Did they get there in time? Did he? Yes. It is completely unclear. Because fact, Rossi gives no mind to the... Uh, Rossi doesn't even know that there's a kidnapped man or possibly a dead body in the basement. Like, Rossi right. doesn't have that information. <sighs> and we ha we're given no sign that anyone told him. I mean, we hear sirens driving up, so presumably yes. someone searched the house eventually. But we get no closure on what happened to that guy. Just like no. we never find out what happened to Owen. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who got shot by cults at the start of season four, cultists at the start of season 14, and is never mentioned again. Like, yep. okay, weird move show. But here's the bad part, and I mean, uh, calling one thing the bad part on Criminal Minds is, is terrible. But here's my second question. Did the murderer move all of his art into the building of the guy he had killed for Everett Lynch. To or the lawyer's that, Yeah, to the house. lawyer's house. Or was that coincidentally the lawyer super into disturbing images of endangered men and knives? You don't know, do you? Uh, well... It's not clear, but logically speaking, I would say that he moved all of his stuff in there. Oh. Okay. Because he did have, what, about six months? Uh, no, it was only like a month and a half. Six weeks? Yeah, so six, six weeks. weeks. 
But yeah, he could have just moved all of that oh, stuff. Oh, he could have, but my question is, and if the que- he moved all of his art there and was living there full time, which it seems like would be hard to do, because I feel like the neighbors, oh no, I guess they, he just told the neighbors he was house-sitting and the guy was out of the country, I'm sure is what he yeah, told Yeah, oh, the sure. Yeah, but could... my point is, if he did all that, why did he not also move his, his killing murder for... and killing setup into that house? I have no idea. It's that, so they can that's do the, the um, third at, question. Yeah, that's my really big question. Because yeah. if that's not his, if that is his art, which I have to assume it is, because he's an art-themed murderer, then why is it in a house that isn't his? And if he's fully moved into that house, why isn't his murder and sewing set up in that house? I, I don't like, know. Because he only massively. started it. He Because he started the whole process after he... After yep. they killed the lawyer. So. Yeah, exactly. He started with the lawyer. Ergo, he, it's not like he had an existing murder setup in his house that he wanted to keep using. He had to build that setup just to start killing these men. But so why did he do it into his house? And yeah. it's only so they can do the, uh, the what do you call it? The, the Silence of the Lambs reveal where they kick down the door of uh, at the same time and we cut away to him thinking they're going to kick down the door, but we've all seen Silence of the Lambs, and we know Jane Gum. She's actually knocking on Jane Gum's door, right? And uh, yeah. it's a big surprise. But of course, we've all seen Silence of the Lambs, so it's not actually a surprise. <laughs> it's just the same gimmick they use over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, just a, a garbage episode. A terrible way to start the season. One of the, I mean... Is it it's, might be a little far to call it one of the worst episodes of Criminal Minds, because there have been a lot of bad episodes of Criminal Minds. No, I can think of worse. I think I can, <laughs> can think, think of, of worse ones. Yeah, there you go. You know, if we really wanted to, we could sort <laughs> yes. of... Yes, we can uh, line up some truly terrible episodes. Yes, we go back to uh, the ones you hate the most. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I, I think the reason I wanted to call out that and say it's one of the worst episodes of all time is just because of how insulting to the audience the reveal that Everett Lynch was responsible for these crimes too is. Like yeah. it is, it's insulting to the audience. There is no way David can be right about this. Like there's just, there's no way David could conceivably be right about any of this, but because it's his show, he is. And it's like, you've, you've broken faith with the audience by having something this ridiculous happen on the show. And that's saying something for Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. It is. So yeah, truly, epically, shockingly bad episode of Criminal Minds. What's it called? <laughs> Under the Skin. Under the Skin. Oh my god. Also, um, what on earth did they tell the actor who's playing the other coroner? Because he acts so suspiciously all the time. Like, every time they talk about what the killer's up to, the show goes in for a close-up of his face, and he gets all shifty-eyed. Like, are they going to figure out I'm the killer? But then I you know. find out he's, he's got nothing to do with it, and might get murdered later. We're never told. Uh, and you're like, well, then why were you acting so shifty in every scene you're in? Well, then, yeah, but that had to have been the director. Oh, no, 100%. Telling him, As a, like, full-on telling the kid. Ca- I, I, I imagine it was like, no, the audience has to think you might be the killer. So really just ham it up. Just go huge. Mm-hmm. Like, go giant wide eyes all the time and be like, be shifty, be nervous, be, like, sweaty. We Anything you, you can do. Yeah. To we be- want you to be the red herring. Exactly. Well, it's like, you got to put in more effort then. Well, in the writing, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I just don't know. No, it's, I, it's I think just remember that the lawsuit is now, yeah, we're now into 2020. So now we're into the serious mess <laughs> that is stuff. this lawsuit, right? Uh, so well, it's no, a, this was filmed know, in 2019, but yes. Well, yeah, was it was filmed, filmed in, in 2019. But, but still, they knew it was coming down. Yes. Well, no, no, because he's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is because already in the last season, the man was fired, so. Exactly, and they knew the lawsuit was coming, so I'm sure everyone's nervous, and that's factoring partially into why everyone is doing a terrible job. No control over the, no control over the writing room. Exactly, right? 
And uh, I'm sure that obviously I agree that that factors into why everyone just sucks at their job now. Yeah. Uh, and all of these directors other than, I mean, I'm looking at these directors and I see, well, there's Bernero, of course, but other yeah. than that, there's like only a couple more that you kind of go, oh yeah, they've been around before. Yeah. Uh, the writers, um, uh, there's only a few that have been around before. Right. You know, it's, it's, it just is, I, it just feels like, okay. And it's the end. Yeah. Right. You know, so. Well, and I think that's the clear part is like, everyone knows they don't uh, have a job in a couple of weeks yeah. and they're all just rushing to get done with this as quickly well, as possible. And it's not just that they, they know, they know that they are writing under a cloud and they yeah. are acting under a cloud. That's and the right. very fact is, is that this was supposed to air in the fall. Yeah, and it got bumped and they back. Put it on, and it got bumped back to the winter. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. So this was being done in that summer of 2019. Yeah. Because they assumed they were going in the fall. Yes, of course. And, um, you know, it it is. And I would assume that the government had already been involved in this by when this was all being done that wouldn't shock me at all no no it would no that's how how it would because we only find out about it in what may yeah 2020 so or april 2020 march 2020 somewhere in there may it was may because it was almost on my birthday 2020 there you go so yeah right after the show ends really we found out about the lawsuit yeah. Uh, I don't know, like, if that was an agreement they made. Like, can you just let us air the last episodes without the uh, lawsuit <laughs> hanging over everybody's heads? Like, I don't know if they made an agreement there or what happened, but uh, it, it it did work out well, whether they meant it to or not. And as you say, um, CBS managed to squish like one and two were together. That was f- funny, right? Yeah. Um, one and two are showed up, so, and then three is technically right and then yeah so i mean they did this in they didn't do this in 10 weeks they did this in six weeks six weeks for all the episodes yeah yeah two they one were in a two, rush they one, were in a two, rush to yeah. dump the show yeah mm-hmm. that that part is 100 percent clear that cbs no longer wanted to be in the uh the criminal minds business that is 100 percent clear yeah well we've got an, a, another criminal minds problem i know another cvs problem coming <laughs> yeah. up well yeah but i mean we've talked about that in the past so don't worry no 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 this is something brand new yes but when people are listening to this it's oh yes months old, <laughs> so we're not going to get into it now they heard it on the weekly show that's right we'll talk All about right. it uh but anyway let's move on to episode two awakenings uh, oh my god with a member of the BAU in the hospital following a confrontation with Everett Lynch, the team continues their manhunt for him and his daughter, Grace. Meanwhile, Reed, still struggling with recent events, visits his mother, Diana, as she experiences a moment of lucidity. Yeah. Hence the title of the episode, a reference to the movie Awakenings, about a, uh, a doctor who meets with people, who uh, comes with people who come out of a few, a, a very long fused fugue state. Uh, Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, I think? Oh, I don't, I yes. In that? I never watched it, okay, believe well, it or I not. I did, but it's uh, so long ago, I don't 100% remember the plot. Yeah, it was but a yes. long time ago. Oh, and, God, it was like uh, 1990. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was, uh, and, but also it's JJ's Awakening, too. No, 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 I know. But really, <laughs> the 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 reference is clearly to that movie, obviously. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. So yeah. Uh. The we've already talked about how terrible the whole Le- Everett Lynch. We're not going to go point by point about how terrible everything about the Everett Lynch plot is, uh, because we we excoriated it on our episode about this before. Uh. But I will mention two things that really bothered me. And it's like that they bothered me even more the second time because I don't know, even know if I noticed one of these lines the first time. So the first thing I I want to mention is how on earth like so Everett Lynch knows that when they finish shooting up the Justice Department, 
He's blown his ID, and since he rented the safe house under that fake ID, he knows he's blown the safe house too. He knows that before he walks in, which is why, like, he and Grace, he tells Grace, we're not going back to the safe house, it's blown, right? Yeah. Uh, We should just split up. And then she talks about her plan. But my problem is, when they find the safe house, there's $70,000 there. Yeah. Well, if he knew he was blowing the safe house by doing the crime, why didn't he bring his money with him? <sighs> okay, good. All right. So you're not even going to try to offer a thing here. I'm you. not even going to try. This is going to be a rather um, disheartening for people to listen to. It's sort of like... Um, Going over this, and I think it's because it's been so, it's only been recently that we watched these. Yeah. But you just go, well, why didn't he take the money with him? He knew yeah. what was going to happen. He knew he was never going to come back to that place. You know, and then his, but then his daughter comes up with this thing. And uh, what they don't talk about, of course, is bringing his mother, you know. Yes. That that worked out reasonably oh, no. well. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, you watch it and you're like, I don't... Why is he doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why does he leave the money? And again, right, you could have... Just don't have him leave the money, and this doesn't make sense. He can leave his, like, you know, disguise kit there. Because, yeah. I mean, weirdly, he probably should have had his disguise kit in the, the car he had stashed. But that's another conversation. But he can leave that. But why would you leave the money to a place Behind. you know you're never coming back to? Be, well, yes, and and it doesn't because he's smarter than that. So he I is. guess, but but they're trying to say he's he's devolving. Except How's that? Obviously, he's not. He's not. No, clearly, no. he's not. Yeah, like uh, I I don't their know. Their theories about him are are weirdly wrong. They're like he only broke out of jail because he was worried she would turn on him and blah blah no. blah blah blah. And I'm like, no, he did it as a favor to his daughter. Like, they're just yeah. wrong about all of their profiling of Everett Lynch. Mm-hmm. Every theory they have about him turns out to be wrong. And then you get the second unbelievably ridiculous line in the episode that I'm like, did I even notice this the first time? If not, I'm kind of bad at my job because it's an unbelievably stupid line where they seriously say, no, he's a serial killer. They only work alone. So he's not going to start working with his daughter. I'm like, do you know how many serial killing teams you've had on this show? Yeah, I think it's you at did least. Notice. Okay, maybe I did notice it the first time, and I'm glad I did because it's a really dumb line. It's a really like you just sort of sit there. I think this time I have been sitting there, and when I was watching it, and just my jaw would drop, you yeah. know, and go. And it just always goes back to my, okay, these, these writers are supposed to be doing their, their, their own research. And yeah. obviously they have no idea what the show is about. This is, this is not a new one. She was, she was in season 14, but she okay. did lousy episodes in season 14 too. Which episodes so. did she write, if I may ask? Oh, in season 14. I'd have to yeah. look it up. Oh, okay. So don't worry about it. Well, well, well no. We can talk about, oh, no. Look it up while I continue ranting then. Yeah, uh, you, so, can, yes, you can yeah, continue, continue ranting. ranting you know? I think what bothers me most is I get to the end of the episode and even having seen the later, later episode, I still don't understand why he kills his daughter. I just no. don't get it. Other than he really wanted to kill his mother and she looks like his mother, I don't know. Don't well, that's ask. That's their theory. Yeah. Right? That's so, that's their theory. I'm sitting so I'm here like, I'm sitting here going, Well, okay, that's about the best thing you can come up with, right? But it's like he went through all of this all of this and a ridiculous the- amount to rescue his daughter and was happy to let her go off on her own. And then the minute they get a payday to go off on their own, he murders her. Yeah, and that doesn't make that. Do, it, no, it doesn't make any sense. Murder the other girl? Yes. Yes, but like, I would understand his daughter. That. Murder no, his just, daughter didn't make any sense whatsoever. And it, no matter how much they try later on to justify it, it's just it's not part of his mo. It's not part of his psychology. His daughter. Like, he doesn't have this resentment against his daughter the way he has no. this resentment against uh, yes. his mother. Right? Yeah. He's fine with his daughter. 
So why? And then, of course, you've got the dumbest thing in the episode, which is the idea that there is any part of Grace's life that David Rossi doesn't already know about. What have you been doing for six months? Yeah. What have you been doing for six months? If you don't know that Grace went to this swanky prep school. Yeah. What What have you been doing? You seem to have found out zero information in those six months. Like, literally just having Garcia doing a facial recognition search of all of the school books in America, which you know they can do because they've done it before. <laughs> but it's Even like... Even when they're not digitized. Yeah, but it's like, well, you know where his mother was because you were able to find out very easily that his mother enrolled a student at that school. So why don't you know all of this already? And the answer is, so, you know, they can brutalize this young woman. That's the answer. That's it's the, so the only yeah. answer. And it just is, yes, this is, this woman wrote Innocence, which okay, was. Well, that title means nothing for, to me. When a woman from Tallahassee, Florida is bludgeoned to death and her husband's alibi rules him out as the prime suspect. Oh, the terrible, G- the, the terrible Old Testament uh, violence episode. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a god awful episode. Yeah, she was on the writing team, but that's the only episode she actually wrote. Well, she did a terrible job. So yeah, I'm not and, few, and not she did. <laughs> and she did with this one. I mean, the only thing that we could say about this, it was very nice. I thought the JJ Reed and yes. uh, and uh, you know, um, Will. Junior. Will, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, did, that was all very. It's still. I, I'm going to say something. Well. I actually enjoyed it more the second. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. It actually. That's how good that is, and I'll tell you why. And you tell me your feelings on this. I'll say mine. You say yours. I really feel like now that I know where the plot is going, you know, now that I just can dismiss the entire, you know, serial killer half of the episode, watching those scenes, I was kind of blown away by what an amazing job Matt Goobler does in those scenes. He's so good. Yeah. Right. Everybody's really good. She's really good. Will's really good. But Matt Goobler, like, so completely sells. Right. Yeah. This crisis of, oh, wait, everything in my life is falling apart and none of the fantasies I had about my what I lo- my life was are true and I don't even know who I am. Yeah. He oh, he really... so beautifully. Yeah. And, I mean, you and I were very hard on this episode the first time because of how unbelievably dishonest they are about what a toxic monster his mother is. Yeah. And they they tell the story of her husband leaving without yeah. mentioning that it's because she killed a man. <laughs> they seem you know, to have like, forgotten that. Well, remember, there they is don't know no that book. Happened. Yeah, there is no book. There is no character Bible. No one can check. No one can. Bo- well, nobody bothers checking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really. I'm story. sure nobody that they could. they could. They just don't do the work. They just don't do the work. Yeah. Well, no, and it's interesting because it's such a good, right? Like, it's, I if, if you set aside the fact that, you know, 100%, as we talked about, uh, her, his father left because yeah. of, you know, the murder and the fact that she then said, uh, I mean, this is off camera and this is our canon, but it, it's the only thing that makes sense. She made it clear she would kill Spencer rather than let the father take him. Yeah. And kill herself. That definitely happened, given how crazy she was. If you set all that aside, right? Yeah. You let you're left with this situation where it's it's just a beautiful scene between him and his mother. If you yeah. leave out all the stuff they pretend didn't happen now. Yeah. Yeah, and it is, you know, and that and that she actually has the wherewithal to tell him don't don't sit around thinking about what might have been. Yeah. Because I never life. you know, I never went back to your father and I never married anybody else. Well Jesus you were, you were I mean, abusing yeah. your son. You were not in a position to get in any of the relationships. You know, you you were I mean, you you were never you were never um on the on on you were never that oh how how would i that lucid yeah how would you phrase this yes you were never that sort of lucid or understanding of your own self to have made that kind of a decision oh, not absolutely. to anybody not to marry anybody else yeah because you know you missed 
your first husband? No. That, and you that's wish not you why. change that? No, that is, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to just go, okay, yeah, so she's telling him a beautiful story. And, and it's very nice that she's telling him that story because it's going to help him move on. It's going to help him get over this JJ situation. And, but and it is a lie. It's also going to help him understand that he cannot do, do this to his mother. He cannot yeah. for him because he himself can't live without his mother he is willing to put her through hell so i yeah. thought that that was a major growing up point absolutely <laughs> you know well, so and, and and it does read well when you know once you've gotten over so much the first time we're watching it right is different but you're watching this and going well okay we'll just give his mother sort of the benefit of the doubt at the end of her life that she's now creating these new stories about what her life w really was like, and she's going yeah. to help her son. You know, so that no, you I mean, you're right. That is a, that is a positive thing. And if we acknowledge, yeah. if we give her that thing, we can say maybe, maybe she's just she knows she's lying. Yeah, but, but it it's going to help him get over her. Yeah, because she knows she's dying. Yeah, she, she knows, knows this is it for her. Yeah, she knows that she's gone. They don't know how long this this it, it could be another 10 yeah and i mean there could be another 10 years of her being mentally not there and hurting her son over and over again so she does she tells the best story he she can to yeah. minimize pain in the future yeah and, and I, yeah you know, i like we'll that. Give her that we'll give her that and yeah, because... then that makes this easier to take oh 100% i'm you know with you and because one. reed has reed just has had such trouble not knowing oh. who he is i mean he doesn't know what to do with what jj told him nope. and he doesn't know what to do with anything and he doesn't know who he is if he's no. not his mother's son and, and that that is the like the thing is so, it's a terribly yeah. plotted episode but yeah. that scene is fantastic yeah he doesn't know who he is if he's not constantly taking if he's not his mother's caregiver mm -hmm. and has been since he was 10 yeah it's horrific what she did to this boy yeah um and so one thing i really liked in there is is that scene right but yeah. and this is i think something that is truly the case that the show can't admit to itself and it really needs to because we talked about how the off-ramps they give for all the characters and they try to have it be nice for everybody blah 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 blah. if the show really wanted us to believe that spencer reed was going to be okay mm -hmm. after the show is over he would have had to quit the bau Yeah. And try to and go off to try to figure out who he actually is. But that's the one step the show isn't willing to take to acknowledge that the only reason he does this job is because of his mother's psychosis. Yeah. The only reason he has turned himself into this is because, like, of his mother's psychosis. And the fact that, you know, <laughs> the fact that Gideon saw this emotionally broken boy with this incredible talent and said, instead of getting you the help you need, I'm going to use your talent to hunt monsters. I mean, the thing is, if we take our blinkers off and like stop thinking of their relationship as, you know, this surrogate father and son, blah, 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 you'll see that what Gideon did to Reed isn't no that better. different. Oh, I was going to say, isn't, uh, I mean, it's not that different than yeah. the mother, but uh, the the best, the closest relationship is, it's not as well written, but the closest relationship is Jack Crawford and Will Graham in the book Red Dragon and the TV show Hannibal, where he's got this guy yeah. who is emotionally yeah. fragile, but who has this ability. And he's like, I can use this man's dysfunction to help yeah. catch monsters. Like, he's yeah. not a hero. No, and it's the just, show can't yeah. admit that. That's funny, eh? Because as you say, and it's it's and you see that in Manhunter. Yeah. The movie as well, right? Red Dragon oh, yeah. the book and it's clearer, of course. Always everything is clearer in the books, but Of course. Um but yeah, you even see it in the movie Manhunter. Oh, and it's I mean it's what the whole first season of the TV show Hannibal is about. Yeah. Is the fact that doing this is bad for Will Graham. Yeah. And he knows it. And Jack Crawford knows it. 
but he yeah. does it anyway because he thinks it's too important to not. Yeah. And it's like the only thing that's good, like... Well, it's... The, yeah, it's, I mean, he's got to break away from it if he ever wants to be healed. And on the TV show, he doesn't break away from it. And, well, we all see how that goes for Will Graham on the TV yeah. show. Mm -hmm. In the book, he manages to break away from it and stops doing this and, yeah. you know, has a better life. Whereas yeah. in the TV show, things don't go great for so great for Will Graham. No, they don't. Well, and it's the Millennium problem, too. Yeah. No, it's the same thing with Millennium. Like, because it's yeah. all drawing from the same observation yeah. that, uh, you know, that the writer uh, Thomas Harris made back in the day that in or once you start getting inside these people's heads, it's not easy to get them out. Right. Mm -mm. And the of uh, the thing that would be the best for Spencer Reed would be to not be an FBI agent anymore. Ever. Ever. Like, just quit this job. Just teach full time. You write your books, teach, you'll be happier if you stop being an FBI agent. And, and the thing is, is that we just have to assume that with any luck, that will happen in the future. Off camera in the future. I mean, yeah, you want to hope that that'll happen. He's <laughs> got know, a girlfriend. He's got a real life now. Maybe he'll stop doing this horrible job. You know, and it's it's fascinating. I mean, if he wants to consult, yeah, maybe. But no, just don't go in the field. Don't carry a gun. It's... This world is bad for you, Spencer Reed. And yes. you want to see him get out of it because it's so shocking that the show comes so close, like, to understanding that that his whole life is a product of his mother's abuse. Yeah. And Almost I, well, everything about his personality. And he's not seeing a, a, a... Hopefully the psychiatrist that he's seeing when we do see that he's gone into therapy... In, like, next, is yeah, not, next week, yeah. Yeah, well, yes, hopefully she's not a... I can't remember... Um, what kind of therapy it is? No, no, it's not that. I can't remember. Is she part of the system or is she... Oh, yeah, no, no, she's... She, I'm pretty sure she works with the FBI. Yeah, well, you know, he needs to get someone outside of the FBI. Because you don't understand, like... People in the FBI don't understand how creepy and culty the FBI is. You know, he you needs need to, to be fight. on the outside to see how creepy and culty the FBI is. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's not a good episode, but I think this is absolutely the tops when it comes to Spencer Reed's development yeah. as a character, his relationship with his mother, like. They really did a good job. Here. And they did they a good did. job with JJ and Will. I thought yeah. that that was that, that Will oh, just, yes, I've too. always understood it. And then she finally admits that, yes, she needs Will. Yeah. And she it's the. finally opens up her eyes and like, oh my God, I've been living in this fantasy world this whole time on some level, unwilling to commit to my husband of seven years. And two children. And two children and have steadily dated him for more than a decade. Yeah. To, like, I've been with him for more than a decade. We've been married for seven years at this point. And we've got two kids. <laughs> but only now can I finally get over myself and commit to this man. <laughs> uh. But no. No, but no. I mean, I know, is... I know, I know. It's like, we but can't be too critical because is... it is a really good scene. It's, it's yeah. a really good scene. Yeah. And she finally, and, and as will, just i know yeah and that's all he knows he knows all along so yeah. that's uh, that was great so let's move on to spectator slowing okay spectator slowing another terrible episode of criminal Minds. <laughs> <laughs> when a mother and daughter are hospitalized from a mail bombing in tennessee the yeah. bau searches for a serial bomber who appears to be selecting his victims Based on a personal grudge. Yeah. Another episode that wasn't any better the second time. <laughs> oh, this one I think was worse the second time because I'm still going. I, I mean, don't understand even anything that happened. Everything. I'm just going. First of all, how the hell? Like, I actually went back to double check where these people were living. Yeah. And the worst thing about this episode is, first of all. Um, yeah. it, this guy, well, technically, by the way, technically the worst thing about this episode is that everyone calls it Montreal all the time. <laughs> That's the worst part of the episode. <laughs> Canadians have a real problem with that. <laughs> 
Montreal. God damn it. Come on, guys. Uh, look, uh, but anyway. I still, can't, I still can't get over the fact that he witnessed her in, like, north, nor- somewhere north of Montreal. Yeah. Right? Stepping on these flowers. Yeah. And then finds these people in these different, who live in all of these different places. Yep. So, okay. He finds out who rented the car, because they're all Americans. So he finds out who rented the car, but it's not enough that he finds out who rented the car. He manages to find out the identity of everyone else who was in the car, even though he didn't see those people. And their name wasn't on the rental agreement. Like, so he somehow manages to find out everyone who was in the car and where they live and who their families are so he can do this plan. Like, not a lick of this makes sense. Well, it's just so bizarre. Like, I mean, Criminal Minds always has a problem with time. Yeah, of course. But none of this, like, how could he, how did he get into Montreal? Like, uh, did he have a passport? This guy was a... Yeah, this guy a was really well. How did a he ne'er do well? How did he even get into Canada? You know, like how would he have even? Yeah, okay. And then, the, then the whole thing about how his mother was so upset about people who were going to coming to out. yeah, like seeing the wreckage of Katrina, and she's like, "This is the worst thing I've ever done in my life." And I'm like, "Really? Making me wrong? Making lunches? Making sandwiches for people who are going to see the wreckage after Katrina?" That's the worst thing you've ever done in your life? No, Jesus. I no, if you rushed this boy to do this, yeah. I think you've done some worse things in your life. It was, life. you know, uh I think continuing to hang out with your ex-husband who is a crazy abusive monster who obviously abused the son too, that might have been a worse thing you did in your life, lady. Yeah, you know. Um so, you know, like you, you just sort of sit there and watch this episode and say Say what? Okay, you needed a filler to fill up ten episodes, and this was oh, yeah. it. This is complete. Like that's what this, this is episode just feels like. Literally a filler. Yeah. It doesn't. Nothing goes forward, does it? Nope. No, 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 no. Nothing happens with the characters. Nothing happens. Nothing with the happens. Overall plot. It's just this filler plot. They had to. They they were a few episodes short. I know. You and know, the thing is, it's so- not even like. The 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 killer goat episode at least is so crazy and stupid you can be a little entertained by it, right? <laughs> yeah, like because the killer goat episode that's a terrible episode of television, but you know at least you can enjoy how crazy and stupid that episode is. But this thing, like, it's just dumb. Like it just doesn't make any sense. How could this even work? As I said, I just, I mean, how did the BA you get called in anyway? I know. Because all like, those bombs got went off oh, in different places. How did anybody who made the connection? connect them? Who made a connection between these bombers? Yeah, it's like, how good is Vicap that, like, they managed to figure out within weeks that all of these were related? Because they know? were so bizarre. I mean, yeah. it took, because it took them ages to figure out how these people were related. So why do you think anybody, you know, I, well, weeks, you know what I mean. I know. Yeah, like, and and then, did you boom? I get you know? it. I completely get it. Like you're not wrong. It just doesn't yeah, make just, a lick of sense. No, I mean, I I I'm usually easier on episodes, but there is no. I'm sure that if you sat down and you're this trying is, diagrammed it out. Yeah. No. Well, that you could have created an episode but not in montreal no like having it be in montreal really undercuts the whole rest of the yeah maybe it maybe if if something had happened in in louisiana in uh in new orleans why couldn't the yeah why couldn't the guys be coming to look at the dead body in new orleans right people go to new orleans on vacation all the time yeah and you know but no, they yeah. had to be on a cruise ship and a cruise ship that I like. I'm trying to think, what was the cruise ship? Okay, obviously the cruise was everyone went to Buffalo, New York, and got <laughs> on a nice little cruise ship and went up to Quebec City to see the forts in Quebec City. And they stopped in Montreal along the way, and a guy wanted to go see a murder house. Yeah, 
But, you know, they could have gone to see a murder house in New Orleans or something. Oh, absolutely. Even that would have made more sense. But the whole business yes. of having his mother escape to... Escape to, to Canada from her abusive husband. You're like, And then ends up in a murder house? I, ends up just, getting murdered by a serial killer in Canada? Like, really? Really? You know, I mean, yeah. we've, we've got mob, we've got mob bosses in Montreal. I know, I'm not but sure the... we have, I don't even think we have any, ser oh yes, we've got one or two. We've got some serial killers. No, no, many. no, I'm talking about Montreal even. Oh yeah, Montreal, but that's where that guy who uh, chopped yeah, that's, up those people. That's lived. right, yeah, yeah, but. He Montreal doesn't have a serial. ton of serial killers. He wasn't well, a no. serial killer. He only he was chopped just an up. Unusually, yeah, he was just an unusually awful murderer. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. He wasn't actually a serial killer. I mean, that's not to say he wouldn't have killed more people if he'd gotten the chance. But you're right. He was not technically a serial. Killer. No, and there. I, I mean, there is one other case, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, we don't no have a ton of serial killers in Montreal. But That's even true. then, again, I mean, I can think of a case of uh, that that ended up in the freezer, but and that was yeah. north, but that was that was not even in Montreal. That was way in in the north, and and that was just you know domestic. So yeah. you know you're going no, um, yeah, set it in New Orleans. That would have, and then maybe you would you would accept the mother the mother's comment. You know, yeah, or something. because she was, yeah, really a New Orleans person, and she was disturbed to see her city treated this way, and you know, if she lost people she knew in Katrina, blah 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 blah, and then the you know dire economic situation forced her to take this horrible exploitative job. That's fine, but it's like if they just happened to move there, you know. <laughs> and then if you have, if you have, you know, and then you could have the bombings, in in some place reasonably they're a little reasonably closer so it's easier together. for them to connect them so that it i do would, love the by yeah. the way by the way literally the funniest scene is someone says uh reed is working on a geo profile <laughs> i know like you know those only work when someone is killing people in their own city right and even <laughs> then they don't work that well Obviously. and to the show's credit they do immediately say, so I guess this case won't uh, be able to be uh, helped by traditional geographic profiling. It's like, you think? I think. I think. You know, the whole thing was, it was just like, okay, uh, you know, I, I mean, we've, we've already talked about how this idea of geoprofiling is so silly. On the ridiculous side. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it, in fact, I... Anyway, I don't even want to go down that road again, but it yeah. just it always... It's a very funny scene, is yeah. the point. Yeah, the no. fact that they feel they need, because, like, all Reed does is geographic profiling. So you gotta, like, look like you're giving Reed something to do. But, of course, it won't work. He's targeting specific people all across the country. That can't tell you anything about him. The only thing that can tell you something about him is where he met those people and where he bombed them is probably not relevant to that information, like no, to that search. And, you know, and you have to believe that he actually went north of Montreal. Yeah. At the same time as these cruise people. What were, an amazing you know, coincidence. I, you know, you're just going one, two, three. That, how? And the thing is, if you're right, if he had if he had continued to live in new orleans and they were tourists come to new orleans and he went to his mother's gravesite like yeah. all the time then yeah this could have happened but the idea that this you know scummy criminal snuck into canada to visit his mother's gravesite and in an amazing coincidence he got there the exact moment that these people were taking a picture of her uh of like the house where she was murdered it defies credulity. <laughs> you know, and the woman like the put down and stepped on flowers. Also happened to have stepped on the flowers accidentally. Like, and why didn't you know, he it defies. Put the... I know. Why because didn't he put he... them on the stoop? I yeah, know. that's exactly it. Why would he leave them in the middle of the yard anyway? Because it's not like that's where his mother's corpse was buried. It was the front yard of the house. I don't care how unobservant neighbors are. Nobody's burying dead bodies in their front yard. No, he... It, anyway. Although that did actually happen on Criminal Minds once before. <laughs> 
Well, yes, but that was a little strange, and you couldn't quite. Anyway, it was a deeply stupid episode. So I was going to say we didn't we didn't exactly treat that episode like it was. Um... I know a well written <laughs> piece of art. Yeah, you're right about that. Just of all things, is Bruce Zimmerman. You know, really? I mean, yeah, and he has you know he has the ability to write decent episodes. However, oh, yeah, as we can complain about a few little things, but and he's been around for a while. I'm telling you. This writing room was just sitting there going, oh, freak, we got to put something out. And this must have been, this has to have, as I said, a filler episode. And this oh, is what 100%. they came up with. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so something else, something else I just wanted to say. Okay. And I know I talked about this when we were originally doing the episode, but I, I have to call it out again. <laughs> Because it is so dumb in every conceivable way. So there is a bomb on this woman's stomach, right? Yeah. And the cops have shown up to point guns at him. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, if you come any closer, put down your guns or I will blow everybody up. And she shoots him. Mm-hmm. And Emily shoots him, right? And it turns out the keys in his hand weren't the detonator. The keys attached to the fu- uh, the camera were the detonator, right? Because she notices the keys. But then, and if you had said... Um, the, what do you call it? Uh, if she, if she had said the reason I knew it was safe to, sh- uh, to shoot him was that I noticed that in addition to the set of car keys with a, um, with a clicker in his hand, there was a second uh, set of car keys attached to the camera. And I knew that one of them, uh, what do you call it? One of them had to be the detonator. One of them had to be his keys. And all she had to say was, the balance of probability is, yeah. the keys that are in his pocket are probably going to be the car, and the keys that are on the camera are probably going to be the detonator. That's all she had to say. And I would have been like, yep, I completely agree with your logic, Emily. Good catch. You saved every, well, you didn't save everybody's lives, but you got to murder the guy without any, without anybody having collateral damage. I would have said yes. But then they have her say, he wasn't suicidal, so I knew those couldn't be the bomb detonator in his hand. Yeah, I well, I don't, yeah. He wasn't suicidal before cops showed up and pointed a gun at him, but when he's when his two options are blow us all up together or get the death penalty, he became suicidal. Yeah, I, I know. Like... All you had to do was say the balance of probability thing I just said, and that scene would have made perfect sense. But instead, they have her say something completely nonsensical, because this show can never be about cops observing things. This can only ever be, they're like, well, this week they haven't talked about psychology enough, so let's say she figured it out (laughs) with psychology. Like, no. And the worst part is the editor even does a shot of her looking at the keychain and noticing that yeah. there's a similar keychain. They they look at her eyes, they show a close-up of what she's looking at, the keychain, and then we come back. So how could like I the the people editing the show knew what was should have happened? How do they do with this bad like how do they do this bad a job? When even the editor was fixing it for them. I know. You don't know either? I have. Look, I I mean, as I said, filler episode. I know, I know, I know. They had to have you ten You can't episodes. take anything. They had to have ten episodes, and this is just one of the ones they threw at the wall to see if it stuck. Guess what it did. All right. Uh, well, Bruce threw it at the wall. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, what's next week? Okay, next week we watch four, which is called Saturday. That is the, what I was talking about. The um the, the comedy hacker. episode. Uh, uh, and Garcia does, uh, the, does the hacker thing that we like never follow up on. Yeah, and I'm uh, being stalked by a Russian hacker. Oh, okay. Is that going to come up? Li- no. Okay. All right. Yeah. Whereas, but this is the really the read episode. I know it's the read with episode. Bernero and Edward Allen Bernero directed this. Came one. back for this one. Yeah, which, and, thank yeah. God. And then uh, five was Ghost. Which one is? Oh, Ghost is the terrible one where someone's trying to get even with Matt and Luke. And it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a bad episode. Oh, it's it's a it's um, 
Yeah, it, which is where I was going, Matt, Luke, Luke, Matt. It was like the Johnny uh, Depp. Um, Depp, Greco, Greco, Depp. Depp. Yeah, no, if people are too Matt. young to know what we're talking about, you've made <laughs> us feel old. There was a show called 21 Jump Street, and Johnny Depp was the star of it. And he made signs that he was going to leave. So they added a new character to be the new hot guy in the show, Richard Grieco. And they were basically indistinguishable. Oh, yeah. Depp Grieco. Depp, Depp Grieco. Grieco. Depp. <laughs> you know. It's uh, back before Dennis Miller was nuts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, the final episode is? Date night. Oh, Which, date night. Yeah, I, bringing back Cat Adams. Yeah. I don't care. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you had a fun time with that one. I had a fun time with that. Episode. And I mean, like I said, there's there's some like character stuff that uh, I think they were dishonest about Reed. Well, but honestly, it's a it's a perfect for this for this season. Yeah, it's a great episode. Yeah, it was it, it, it could come close to being the best episode. We'll decide after we finish all 10 again. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, might, yeah. it might be the best episode. Of the it year. was. We'll it see was how just... I feel about Saturday the second time, I think, yeah. is the real thing. Well, Saturday. Yeah. Because, yeah, because that too. But you had the two best, e I, then then you just say the two best episodes of this season were the yeah. Reed episodes that focused on Reed. Yeah. Well, no, um, I mean, it's like getting Reed's arc, like trying to get a suitable off-ramp for the character of Reed yeah. and getting his arc right is something they obviously, like, were most worried about this season. Which yeah. is why it's so crazy that the last episode posits that this entire show has really been about penelope garcia and i'm like you and i have not been watching the same show penelope garcia if you think that the whole show was about penelope garcia oh god but you know what we're gonna get there uh, then again that's what happens when you let an actor write the last episode of your show wasn't the show really about me the whole time no not at all. Not even a little. <laughs> all right. Anyway, yes. Enough criticism because we're going to save that criticism for future episodes. For now, uh, as always, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you'd like to recommend any profiling-related fiction uh you think we should check out drop us a line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you if you're listening to this on some sort of a podcast app please rate review and subscribe to it because that is how other people find the show uh we will see you back here on uh uh are we doing a tuesday thing right no we're not doing a tuesday thing we just watched okay I tried to remember what we did between seasons. Uh, oh, no, we are doing a Tuesday thing. We're going to see you back here on Tuesday for our continuing exploration of the show Angel of Darkness. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Yes. I'll see you back here on Tuesday. for. Uh, it's just normally, the reason I'm confused is normally uh, we record, we actually record the like whole series breakdowns we do on Tuesdays before starting the new season. But Angel of Darkness hasn't actually started airing yet, and we're oh, going to no. slot those episodes yes. in post-haste. Or, yeah. it, like, just started this week or something. Yeah, Sunday. It just started on Sunday. So there's yeah. ten episodes, and we're going to record it all after it's done with a normal three episodes, three episode, three episode, and then one episode to talk about the whole show. Yeah. So that should be a lot of fun, because we really liked The Alienist, except for all of the places where it got the book wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that should be a ton of fun. All right, we'll see you back here for that. Uh, but until then, I just want to say au revoir. And have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.